When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Athletic. Let's talk about six, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that may be. Let's talk about six. Here's Salah. Trying to explode on the scene. As Salah can. And Mane. Great chance for Liverpool. So, have we just seen the goal of the season? You pretty much expect so because anything that's going to beat that Mo Salah goal would have to be incredible. Salah at his majestic best. Unfortunately, not enough to beat Man City. But I think another demonstration that he is the fundamental cog in Liverpool's title challenge. So while he keeps doing it on the pitch, off the pitch, his contract situation remains clouded. Welcome to the Red Agenda. Uh, James Pearce, Simon Hughes, with myself, Steve Hothersall. It's another Salah Fest. We've done a few of these this season. Simon's shaking his head. Um, We're going to go over old ground, but let's start with new ground. And Simon, what a goal. I mean, that that will be the goal of the season, won't it? You know what, Steve? (laughs) I don't want to be contrarian for the sake of it. I thought it was an amazing, amazing... It was a great goal. Um, But we have seen this sort of thing from Salah before. (laughs) We, We are, I mean... I think people remember the goal he scored against Tottenham in 2018. Yes, it's very, very similar, wasn't it? Very similar. Like I think this goal was better because it there were fewer imperfections about the goal. I think that Tottenham goal, the ball bounced about around a little bit, but in some ways that made the challenge of getting past the man a bit more difficult to to keep his composure. Obviously, a slightly di- different finish. Shallow lash this one in. The goal against Spurs, it was more lifted into the into the roof of the net. But it did remind me of that goal. And a lot of people say, I've never seen this from Salah before. I said, well, I think we have, sort of. You know, it's, it's just an extension of what he's capable of. I, I think that the difference with this goal is the circumstance around the game in the sense that um, he wasn't getting much service on that part of the pitch. Uh, for Even in the second half, I felt. And he was having to work hard to create chances for himself. And... Um, to do that, haven't it seemed to me anyway, somebody will probably come up with some spreadsheet of the number of times he touched the ball, but it felt like he wasn't affecting the game as much and then suddenly explodes into the game. Obviously sets up the goal for Mane, has a big role in that, and then and then does this. And I just thought it was from that from that perspective, it was it was spectacular. Yeah. Let let's face it though, I mean at that point in time, were we expecting something like that to come from, from Mo Salah? Obviously, he is a great player, James. Great players sometimes grab big games by the scruff of the neck. Yeah, and and how Liverpool needed it because you know they, they were they were such a ridiculously distant 
second best in that that opening 45 minutes it was I think as Klopp said himself afterwards I think he said he'd never been so relieved to hear a half-time whistle because you know how Liverpool weren't behind at half-time was 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 ridiculous on the balance of play and and again you know Mo Salah just underlined just what a huge influence he has the fact that he was the one that got Liverpool going in that second half you know it was it was as as good as the goal was, and I th- I think it's up there with anything he's ever produced in a Liverpool shirt. As Simon said, you know parallels with the the goal against Tottenham, also the one obviously against Everton when he he won the the FIFA Puskas award, didn't he for that one? Even though I actually think you know the the Tottenham one was probably better. I think because this was Man City, you know, well, I think I think City in what was it six their first six Premier League games, I think it only had six attempts on target against them altogether you know they've been so tight defensively City so to do that to the champions and to leave so many elite players you know trailing in his wake and it embarrassed really when you look at the you know the the balance the strength the technique you know to to hold off Cancelo like he did I mean it wasn't even there wasn't even half an opening was there when Curtis Jones rolled that ball into his feet so to get away from Cancelo then you know the the way I, I think I, the bit I love more than anything was that bit of skill to just roll the ball from from left to right and leave Bernardo Silva on his backside and I think it was Foden as well that couldn't get near him and then and then even then you think well there's still nothing on because he's got you know Laporte one of the best one of the best centre backs in the Premier League in front of him but the beauty with Mo Salah is he can go both ways isn't it you know and he, and he he shaped to cut inside onto what you'd say was his stronger left. Um, and then went the other way, you know, Laporte had no chance and, you know, what what an emphatic finish uh, past a goalkeeper as good as Edison. So, um, yeah, and, you know, that was incredibly special. But even even the first goal, I mean, it came, came from absolutely nothing, wasn't it? I think it was Fabinho knocked it into to Salah's feet on the halfway line. And, and, and again, you know, it is, there isn't anyone, I don't even think at the moment, in world football who gets... Who's who's de- who's delivering consistently at such a high level? I mean that the bit of skill there. I think again it was Cancelo that he got past, and then the weight of the pass. Um, you know, as good as Sadio Mane's run was and the finish. You know, it was all about the pass from Mo Salah, and um, yeah, it just you know inevitably leads on to talk about what happens now in terms of Mo Salah because um, you know he's what is he coming up 30 in in the new year but um if anything he's getting better rather than slowing down just before we dig into that contract Sai, can i just clarify is is that one of the great anfield goals for you or not <laughs> i couldn't quite work it out from your answer yeah yeah i mean he's so i'm not being contrary i'm not being contrary it's a, it was a great goal i think so am i so uh, how so great <laughs> um i can think of quite a few goals that are better than that goal. I, I would say. name one. Um, Suarez well, how, against how many, Norwich. How many, how many Suarez <laughs> goals do you want me to name <laughs> before we it. start? <laughs> you know, there, there are there are there are lots lots of Steven Gerrard goals, lots of Torres goals, lots of Robbie Fowler goals. You know, the Terry McDermott goal against Tottenham that everybody talks about in the seventies. Lots of John Barnes goals. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to go through and name all every single one, James. If that's what you're looking for. <laughs> But I think it was a great goal. I just, I just, I felt it's in the top twenty. It's a, yeah, possibly, yeah. Possibly. <laughs> I mean, I, I think some of my frustration sort of stems a little bit from not frustration. Sorry, that's not the right word. But my sort of view stems from the way people have sort of received the game yesterday, where 
I thought it was a it, it was it was an absorbing second half of football. I mean, you obviously could not take your eyes off what was going on, whether you're a Liverpool fan, a City fan, or and you, you know, well, neutrals don't exist as far as I'm concerned. But whether you're watching the game at home and and hoping somehow that both teams lose, but um, I, I thought I actually thought that the game wasn't as of high quality as we've seen between these two teams in the past. Um, I, I was mentioning it to somebody else earlier. I, I feel it even if you look back to that game in in 2019 when Liverpool go to the Etihad and, and lose the game. I thought the quality of football in that game was far better than, than this game that we saw yesterday with with more performances of individual brilliance in, in that game. I mean, I would say that they were two teams properly going at it, two of the best teams in the country. I think these are the two best teams in the country, but I felt that this game was more built around the fears of what the other team might potentially do and it. It didn't create the, the, that level of football, I'm not saying the level of drama, but the level of football that we've seen in the past. So, yeah, I, I was just sort of quite confused by the reaction to the game a little bit. I mean, I, I was there in the, um, not in the press box, and it was, you know, really nerve-wracking game. First half, as James says, I thought was as bad as I've seen Liverpool play in, in a long time. Okay, they're playing Manchester City, yeah, I get that. But even the basics, he just didn't get right in terms of just, you know, passing the ball five yards at times. And I thought City were careless in possession. And the second half was was a bit more open. Um but yeah, yeah, I thought it, it was an absorbing game of football with um, with three three excellent goals, possibly four excellent goals, and the game was sort of punctuated by moments of individual brilliance. But I thought the bits around that weren't weren't as good as people are making out. There's a lot of people saying that exactly the opposite to Simon. <laughs> so I'm, I'm yeah. interested to know from, <laughs> from your perspective, James. Did, did you see it as this terrific all-action showcase of two top-of-the-table contenders? I thought, I thought, yeah, second half I thought it was, but not, I mean, first half. It, it it's was, a shocker, wasn't it? it, it I, yeah, it was, I thought it was a really, really strange game to to analyse because I, th- I think... No, I don't like agreeing with Simon very often, and I try to avoid it. But I, I, I do take his point about the just the as, as brilliant as it was that it was so open. I think I think even that in the second half, even I think even that pointed to the fact that neither team was really operating anywhere close to as good as they can be because neither team was able to exert any kind of control. And I think I think that was the frustrating thing for me is that. You know, Liverpool were in such a brilliant position to to just shut that game down in the last ten minutes, and and you know, game management and is and tactical discipline has been such a strength, hasn't it? Um, in the success that Liverpool have had under Klopp, but they couldn't do it. You know, it wasn't, and it was you know, it was as good as the move was for the the second equaliser, and you know, of course they they got a bit of luck with the, the deflection off Matip from De Bruyne, but Liverpool were undone far too easily. Um. So yeah, I think so. Yeah, it, I mean, it was it was just you know absolutely breathless and frenetic and absorbing that second half. But in general, a really odd game. Like I I couldn't believe how bad Liverpool were first half because going into the game, you just thought it felt like the game had come at a good time for Liverpool. And I thought you know that the form had been good. You know, a, you know an emphatic win in the Champions League in midweek, able to take players off. You know, it it just felt like you know, yeah, you know, Man City are going to feel the the real you know full power 
of this Klopp team back up to strength, which, of course, they weren't the last time City came to town in February. And in fact, it was the absolute opposite. You know, Klopp summed it up perfectly afterwards when he said we were just far too passive, which was bizarre, really, when in, given the circumstances and given the opponent that, you know, Klopp bemoaned just how deep Liverpool were first half, the way that they invited City on. You know, it was the, the way that City played through Liverpool was, was so concerning. And, you know, I couldn't help but watch that first half thinking, God, if City had bought Harry Kane this summer, they would have been out of sight. Because that was all City were lacking, you know, a centre forward to actually to put the ball away because they got into five or six unbelievable situations. And obviously, Allison made a couple of fantastic saves as well. So, um, yeah, obviously, half time was huge in terms of Klopp sorting Liverpool out, playing higher up the pitch, actually imposing themselves on it and forcing mistakes from City. Um, but yeah, even even then, it, 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 the, the frustration for me was that. The fact that Liverpool, having got themselves into into those positions, you know, to, to twice be in front, it felt it felt to me more like they let City back into it rather than it was just the sheer brilliance of City that they they couldn't stop. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. First half side, they were very much found wanting in the fullback positions and... We we knew James Milner was going to play right back. I think we were, you know we thought last week that Jack Grealish might be his his opponent, but Phil Foden, an absolutely terrific Phil Foden, who who just raised his level, to you know superbly for that game. He tormented him, didn't he? Oh, he's, he's brilliant, Steve. It, it was one thing I will say is it was one of the the great visiting performances that I've seen from a player. I, I must say, it's him possibly definitely in the top five or ten visiting performances that I've seen from an individual player. I thought he was by far and away... Um, I thought he was the best player on the pitch, Phil Foden. Um, I thought he was excellent. I, I haven't seen as much of him as, as other people. Um, and I, I have sort of from afar been wondering what the hype was about, and I, I sort of understand now. I mean, I, I know people will say, well, he was up against James Milner, but it's not... He, I mean, people will say it's not James Milner's uh, favourite position, which it isn't. But he's a tough opponent, James Miller, and you never really see him um, struggle as much as that. I thought, I thought City did a bit of a job tactically on Liverpool in the first half. It was interesting to hear Jurgen Klopp sort of talk, talk his way through his impressions of what happened. But City were essentially doing to what Liverpool do to a lot of teams, you know, making that big diagonal pass, isolating the fullback, whether it's James Milner 
or somebody else. I thought that that's another another interesting element of the discussion around Milner's performance. In that, I felt it wasn't just that that, that Foden uh, got the better of him in terms of his technique and 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 his his ability. I thought tactically. It shows that that is an area where players, other teams can expose Liverpool. And it reminds of the conversation around Trent when people say, oh, he's got a weakness. I think that area, the pitch, because the way Liverpool play, if it's exposed in the right way, can be a weakness. So it's not necessarily the player who's playing there. It's 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 the, the, the area of the pitch and the responsibilities, the players around them. You know, I suppose that ties into Salah a little bit in the sense that, you know, he doesn't offer defensively what I suppose Mane does a little bit more on the other side. Now, that's not a criticism of Salah because he's obviously so good in in the four positions. But, yeah, I mean, I, I thought Liverpool really struggled first half. It was it was painful to watch at times, I, I thought. And um, to get in at half-time level, I, I thought... You know, City might might regret that. Um, I mean, I, I think I suspect at the end of the game, my my sort of view was that City will be happy with the point, but I think Liverpool will be actually happier than City because of how how difficult it was in the first half. And when you listen to Jurgen Klopp afterwards, you could tell that he was happy with that point, despite being in the lead twice as well. That the to not to to play to, to suffer. As much as Liverpool didn't for 45 minutes, and still come away with a point against the best team in the country, one of the best teams in Europe, in any match, I think isn't a bad outcome. Yeah, so so a point at home against Man City and a point at home against Chelsea, you might say that that's fine, but actually, do, do you want a little bit more, James, against at least one of those sides? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think the most important thing in, from both of those games that Liverpool have emerged undefeated I think obviously two two very different contests I think you go back to the Chelsea one and you know that was a glaring missed opportunity for Liverpool you know when you're up against 10 men for as long as they were that day to not to not do enough to create in that second half and and make that numerical advantage count I think Sunday was different I think as Simon said you could tell from you know you usually with Klopp you know when when he's just seen Liverpool go in go into you know at home in front of in front of a capacity crowd you're, you're leading inside the last ten minutes you'd expect him to to be a bit disconsolate after after seeing them not emerge triumphant but I think he, I think he knew that you know if you know as as big as a win would have been on the balance of play Liverpool didn't deserve to win the game especially when you factor in you know just how poor they were in that in that first half so um. So no, I think you know, clearly big room for improvement. But the, the, yeah, the, the the big thing is that they are you know they they've come up against you know what we all think will be the the two biggest hurdles between them and reclaiming the the Premier League crown this season. And I don't think there's anything massively to be fearful. They haven't. I don't think they've been. You know, you know. I, th- I think we've seen enough in the two games against Chelsea and Man City to believe that. You know, if Liverpool can keep key personnel fit, there's no reason why they can't go toe to toe with them right, right to right throughout this season. And of course, the most important person to keep fit is, is Mo. I said to my mate Christian, who was next to me, I said Mo plays well, Liverpool play well, and actually, title challenge is going to be built on Mo. Do Do you think, James, is there an, even another level that Mo can go to? <laughs> well, it, I mean, it's it's hard to see another level 
compared to what he produced on 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 Sunday. But I think it's I think I think the big the big thing is if if he continues to match those standards, then then it feels like anything is possible for Liverpool this season because we we know from you know you you look at his 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 Liverpool career as 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 unbelievable as the numbers are he's also incredibly robust and durable i think he's only missed seven league games i think it is in you know over four years now at the club which in itself is extraordinary when you think of the battering he takes from from defenders um so yeah i mean what what is it nine games in all competitions this season for salah you know nine goals three assists you know he he is the inspirational force behind this you know challenge for for trophies again this season and you know when you think you know Liverpool are only in the Champions League this season really thanks to him he was the one member of the the front line who who didn't go through a crisis of confidence last season you know his goals were so so important and and I think you know he's benefiting now as well from the fact that Liverpool collectively in terms of the structure of the team are, are obviously stronger with the center backs coming back in um and yeah he just I think I think as well the the big thing when you look at him and what he's producing, like how big this summer was in terms of giving him a proper break, no international tournament, a full preseason. You know, you go back to Evian in July and you know the staff talking then about you know wow, you know look at look at the shape he's come back in. You know, it's look how hungry and driven he is. You know, for, in every single training session, you know he's you know he's you know he he's incredibly ambitious. And and you know it it would have hurt him last season. You know Liverpool ended up with nothing to show for it apart from you know a top four finish. And he certainly started this season like he intends to do something about it. Oh, bit of agreement in the background. Uh, Side, so, you know, without going over too much old ground. And obviously, we spoke last week about Mo and his contract situation, and James has written about this. Um, the reality is there's no breakthrough at the moment. He clearly is one of the very best players in the world, as you both alluded to. I don't know his exact wage at the moment. Do you? Is he, is he what, 200 grand a week, something like he, that? I think he's north of that. James, James, okay. is, James, is, James is hotter on contracts than me. What's he on, James? So, Mo? Yeah, I think around that in terms of basic, I mean, obviously, the way that the, the, way that the contracts are, you know, are obviously structured at Liverpool, they're all heavily incentivized you know in terms of personal achievements and and team wise as well with with all the bonuses but um yeah that's that's the kind of figure you're talking so, about so so what is he actually worth then you know do, you you tell me if he's one of the best three players in the world if you're Mo Salah and Mo's agent what what are you actually asking Liverpool for what do you, what do you believe psycho on throw a figure all right okay right the easiest way of putting it is is you would look at what players are on at other clubs that Liverpool are competing against? Their best players. So you're looking at Romelu Lukaku, uh, who's just signed for Chelsea. Um, you're looking at Kevin De Bruyne at Manchester City. In terms of value, that that is that is what you're looking at. I think so. Liverpool, I think, have to have to meet that expectation really if they want to keep him because he is at that level. I mean, I would argue he's a he's a more over a longer period of time for Liverpool has been as influential as any of those players. Same level of influence as De Bruyne at Man City. Obviously Lukaku spent the last couple of years at, at, at Inter Milan. Um 
obviously didn't do great in the Premier League at United before that. But I, I, I think he, he, he would justify that, um, that sort of earning, really. So, if Liverpool, which is which is what three fifty ish. Yeah, I think I think it's three fifty, and again, all these contracts are incentivized, aren't they? Now, so it's based around performances. Now, I don't know what the specific demands are. That that is the, that is a big, the big thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I I feel at this moment in time, normally I'd be more I'd be more inclined to to throw caution towards it if. It wasn't Salah, and as James referenced, his his physical capacity. I just think that that is not waning. You feel he seems to me to be a player who's actually improving and getting better. And I think that he's a player who, as proven on on Sunday, um, like Liverpool, the collective team didn't play well on Sunday, as far as I'm concerned. They they, they didn't. They played. They were they were awful in the first half and did better in the second half. But Salah was able to step outside that sense of collectiveness, which you sometimes need to to get you over the line and get yourself at least a point. And he, he did that. I thought his his performance in the, the little in the shortest in the in the small segments of the game that he played was world class and that's what you're paying for. So the the, the strange thing with Salah is, is that he's played this role for Liverpool for several years, not for four years. And no one seems to be able to stop him, you know, as well. People were saying after the first season, you know, they found out, you know, he just cuts inside. But he's obviously more than that because teams can't stop him. Now, I also think as well that Salah, I think we mentioned this last week, he needs to remember that he is playing for a team and a club that gets the best out of him, I think, in terms of the structure of the team, in terms of the environment of the club, in terms of the manager that he's playing for. I think if he went to... There's not many clubs that he could go and sign for in the first instance as well. So that narrows his market. I don't think uh, Real Madrid would would be able to sign him because they want to sign Mbappe. Um, I don't think that Barcelona would go for him. I think the only other club that would potentially um, look to sign him might be PSG if they lose Mbappe. And then there's the potential of a, a move to another team in this country. The only other team would be Manchester City, but they're they're well endowed with a lot of you know a lot of players. So um, I think he's got to remember this as well. I, I think he we said before he could break all sorts of records at Liverpool. So there has to be compromise on both sides, but Liverpool cannot afford to let him go. They just, they just can't. Like, he's too influential now. It's not like Wayne Alden. Wayne Alden would not have rescued Liverpool. I think. Salah did rescue Liverpool yesterday. I, Wijnaldum wouldn't have done that in his. He's he's an excellent player, but he, Salah is at a different level now. He's one of the best players in the world. He has been for for um, for a long time. I think obviously with the pool of best players at the world sort of shrinking a little bit, Ronaldo's influence waning. Messi obviously there are still question marks on is he going to be at the same level? I think you can say safely say that Salah is in the top five four or five players in the world now and Liverpool just can't afford to let, let him go. We're sponsored for this episode of Walk On by LinkedIn, so it's only right that we crowbar in a reference to Liverpool's super slick recruitment process while we talk them up. 
Because when you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. And that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like Arnie Slot, probably. In any given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. In fact, on LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. So hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash walk. That's L-I-N-K-E-D-I-N dot com slash walk to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. James, it's moments of, of brilliance like yesterday that actually maybe exaggerate what could be an un- unwelcome saga the longer this goes on. You've, you've written about this on The Athletic at the moment. Are you, are you surprised or confused that nothing has actually just been nailed down and all this has been pushed to one side and this team can just focus on the football? No, I'm not I'm not surprised because I think even, even rewinding, what, two, three, four months when we started talking about how there would be a spate of contract renewals and we, we knew with the pandemic that everything had been on hold at Liverpool weren't you know they didn't they didn't want to to be committing vast sums of money to 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 pay rises when until they had some certainty about revenue streams re- returning post covid so and and I, and I think you just knew that where Mo Salah is in his career that th- this was definitely going to be the most difficult of all the ones that that Michael Edwards had in his intro and and that's why that's why I don't think it is any kind of surprise that this you know all these other ones you know Van Dijk and and obviously, Fabino, you know Henderson, Trent, Andy Robertson, these kind of players. I think, I think that was always going to be, you know, easier to to reach a compromise. Um, and I, I don't, you know, to me, I think you just want to avoid this dragging on into the new year because suddenly, then, if you reach a point, then when you're down to his last year next summer, then I think you do have a major problem because for a start, when someone's down to their last year, you know, value wise. You know the you know that that has a huge impact in terms of, in terms of the the kind of fee. You know if if a player was was looking for a new challenge, the type of fee you'd be able to command, um, and then of course then then suddenly you're in the the realms of well you know it's it's only less than twelve months before you could walk away for nothing, and but that is unthinkable for me. Um, you know how, you know Liverpool have done a fantastic job in recent years. You know one of Klopp's biggest achievements has been to you know retain top talent and convince players that they can achieve all their dreams by by staying put um you know obviously no one no one that you'd really really want to keep has left you know since Coutinho went um so so no I think you know, I, I think there, there was always going to be a process where I'm sure you know there's initial demands there's an initial offer there's more talks you know you know well we couldn't we couldn't do this but how about this and you know it's I'm sure 
I, I, I still think surely common sense on both sides prevails in terms of an agreement being reached because, you know, if you're FSG and you're worried about wage structures and, and, and I get that because I, I do think that part of the, the special kind of unity and camaraderie and everything else in the dressing room, I, I think that is a factor that there's not too big a disparity between Liverpool's biggest wage earners. But I also think, you know, when you have a talent so special, you have to make allowances. And, you know, the argument would be that if Liverpool just give Mo Salah what he wants, you know, Michael Edwards will have, you know, other players and agents knocking on his door and saying, well, hang on a minute, you know, you know that if, if he's on this now, that isn't fair. But I just think all you'd have to do was, was show whoever that is, you know, look at, look at Salah's numbers. You know, you're talking about, for me... You know the, the the best player in world football at the moment. You know his numbers back that up, and if you want to keep hold of someone like that, you have to pay them the market rate. And as you know, you know Grealish went to Man City, I think on three hundred grand a week basic. You know De Bruyne is on four hundred grand a week, so it's it's bound to be a figure. You know a, around that, and you know it's yes, that's an eye water in summer money, but you know say for argument's sake, it's three fifty a week he wants. Well, I think I think over four years you're looking at that 72, 73 million pounds, which obviously is a big investment, but it's not in the context of trying to replace someone with the quality of of Mohamed Salah, and that that has to be a consideration in all this as well. We don't often hear from him, side, but afterwards um, he made a bit of a statement. He said, "We're going for the title, and we have what it takes." So suppose we we've got to the October international break, and it's it's going pretty well for Liverpool, isn't it? Goal tallies high, um, fifteen points from twenty one available. Things are, are sort of tracking in the right direction. I think so, yeah. And I, I've got to say, I really like that comment from Salah. I think it shows ambition and, and courage to come out and say that. You know, sometimes players want to sort of play it down. And it's been a couple of occasions now in the in the last twelve months. You know, when Liverpool have had sticky spells, he's he's made he's made statements and backed it up on the pitch as well. Um, so I, th- I thought that was quite impressive. That and I think Liverpool are in a good position. I think just touch on what James said there in terms of. Other agents and players knocking on Michael Edwards' door. Just show them the video of what he did against Man City. You know, when, when the team's not clicking and then he basically is the difference between getting a point, potentially winning the game and losing the game. I mean, he, I think he is at a, at a different level at the moment. He he was Liverpool's best player last season as well. No, without without Salah, I don't think Liverpool qualified for the Champions League last season. Um, when this whole conversation started, I, I, I've got to be honest... I, I sort of had a bit more balance in, in in my view on the way things are, you know, in terms of I thought, well, maybe they could replace him if they've got a, a clever way of doing it. But I think even since then, this is sort of December time last year, I think Salah has, has, has reminded everybody since of how important he is. But I, th- I think Liverpool are in a good place, but I think that they need Virgil van Dijk to find, rediscover his, his top form. He, he has a... A difficult game, I thought, against Man City. Looked as vulnerable as I've seen him against uh, top-quality opposition. Um, I thought Joel Matip had an excellent game, actually. I thought he played really, really well. And he, so far this season, he's been the the sort of the the, 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 the best-performing central defender, I would say, of, of all of them. Um, so, yeah, I think that needs... I think as soon as Liverpool get Van Dijk, if they can get Van Dijk closer to the point where he was, you know, before he got injured and get some sort of consistency 
amongst the full-backs in terms of their rhythm, I think he'll see a much, much better Liverpool as well. So it's encouraging that they've sort of, they're in a good position at the moment, whilst not having hit, you know, really, really tough form, um, while still winning quite a few games quite convincingly as well. Yeah, James, just finish it off. Obviously, they've got the creativity of Trent and Thiago to, to welcome back into the side after the international break. Um, and just to add to what Simon was saying there, really, you, you know, you look at what they've done so far, there's cause for a lot of optimism. Yeah, I think I think they you'd have to say they've got a really decent platform to build on. I think um there probably was a bit of a a bit of uncertainty going into the season in terms of you know where is this Liverpool team at? Are, are they just going to be able to to click and get back to the machine that that won the title or would it take a while? And I think there's been flashes of that brilliance. There's been signs of that fluency and the intensity returning. I think Sunday was probably a little bit of a reality check in terms of, you know, the way, the way that they still have to go. But they're they're right in the mix, and I think you know, despite having you know some some problems so far with the with the injuries, you know, with losing Trent, with losing Thiago, of course Harvey Elliott with that horrible injury. So they, you know, the fact that they've they've had a fair bit of adversity to contend with so far, yet you know they're they're right up there. I you know and and in complete control of their Champions League group. Um, yeah, I th- I think. I think most Liverpool fans would have taken that before a board had been kicked in August. Uh, Boyce, thank you as always. Anyone listening, if you uh, have got any contention with Simon's view that that wasn't one of the great Anfield goals, just write to him at the Athletic. Please don't, don't. Um, and his mer- <laughs> Give you his number if you want, Steve. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Deluge him. Definitely one of the great goals. Anyway, boys, thank you very much. Simon, James, superb. And uh, that was the Red Agenda. Red Agenda Extra coming up later this week is a show which is going to reflect on the title-winning campaign uh, from a couple of seasons ago. So we'll do that with Neil Atkinson from the Anfield. Really looking forward to it. So check us out then. Thank you to James and Cy. And have a great week, everyone. Hold up. 